When you hear what planted really is for your life, that right there becomes everything, and you'll realize it's the most important 20-second video clip that you'll see in the whole year of 2018. When we realize what planted truly is and what God does to a life that's planted, and I say it every week, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. Get ready, because I'm not so worried about the, the planted part. I'm excited to see your flourishing part. I'm excited to see what God does in you as you uh, get planted. And a lot of you are thinking of the the work that it's going to take to be planted rather than the impact of what planted is really going to have. And I want you to look at the impact of what planted is really going to have so the work of being planted becomes very simple. It becomes revolutionary in your life. And so as you've turned in in your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew chapter number 7 this morning, the Gospel of Matthew chapter number 7 and verse number 15 The definition of planted, and for our theme for this year, is this. It's fruit where you are, roots where you're growing. Fruit where you are, roots where you're growing. I'll get into this more extensively in just a second. But we at the Way Bible Church, as you get planted, we want you to start producing fruit right where you're at. You don't got to wait 10 years. You don't got to think that you got to become something or arrive. You have the potential the minute you get planted to start producing fruit immediately right where you're at and have an impact on the kingdom of God. But we also want you to develop roots to where you're growing, not going to where you're growing, what God's growing you into. We know that if you're going to become what the Bible says, oaks of righteousness, oaks have awesome what they see on the upside, but their underneath side is twice as big as their upside. So we know that we need to develop great roots in you to where you're growing. And the Bible says this in the Gospel of Matthew uh, chapter number 7 and verse number 15. It says, beware of false prophets. Now I'm going to call a timeout. Can I call timeouts? Is that okay? Beware of false prophets. Now I know when you look this up in the Greek, it's actually talking about prophets, like prophet, prophet, like the office of prophet. But I want, I want you to expand your thinking because many of us in this room don't operate in the true office of prophet. But Jesus does call everybody in this room a witness, right? He says, you are a witness to the things that you've seen. It says, you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the othermost parts of the earth. So he does call you a witness. So even though you don't operate in the office of true prophet or whatever that may be, I want you to look at this, but don't count this out because beware of false witnesses, if you'll give me the liberty to say that, are you being True and hard on Sunday morning, but false the rest of the week. Because I truly believe who you truly are is who I see on Sunday morning. See, a lot of people think, well, the real me is Monday through Friday. I come in Sunday and put on a brave face. No, I'm believing the brave face that I see is really your potential and who you're called to be. And so the real you shows up on Sunday morning, and what are you living the rest of the week? So I'm believing in the very best in you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) And believing God's going to transform your life as you get planted. It says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but are inwardly ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. Everybody say fruit. Fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree, say I'm a healthy tree, bears good fruit. But the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor... Can a diseased tree bear good fruit? Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Now turn back over to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 12, and jump into verse number 33. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 33. It says, either make, everybody say make. Make. 
Just like Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. Jesus is going to make you into something, amen? As you get planted at TWBC, he's going to make you into something. You have no choice to become something in the kingdom of God if you attend and get planted at TWBC. I'm saying that, I have people tell me to my face, Joel, I would love to come to your church, but every time that I'm there, you challenge me to change and be different and be better, and I'm just not ready for that. I've been told that to my face, and I'm okay with that. At least they're honest with themselves that they don't want to change. They don't want to be more in the kingdom. They don't. So now I know how to pray for them that God would reveal to them what they need. It says either make, God's going to make you into something. Either make the tree good and its fruit is good, or make the tree bad and its fruit is bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. Everybody say fruit. fruit. says you brood of vipers. Now he is talking to the Pharisees here. You brood of vipers. How can you speak good when you are evil? Or out of the, for out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaks. The good person out of the good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. Can we just have a moment of repentance? <laughs> Father God, forgive us for every careless word we have ever spoken out of our mouth. And we repent, and we just ask that those words would fall dead, null, and void right where they're at and, and, and produce no fruit. <laughs> I mean, that's a serious prayer. I mean, I, I pray that. That's a serious prayer. Because we've got to give an account for every idle word that, that we speak or careless word. For by your words you will be justified. Come on now. But by your words you will also be condemned. So when you start bearing good fruit, the right words are going to come out of your mouth. Amen? And you're going to be justified in the gospel that you bring forth and the gospel that you present. And so as we get into this, we want to jump into the term planted. Planted is this. Fruit where you are, roots where you're, where you're growing. And as we jump into planted, I want to clarify an untruth so that we can start with the truth. Amen? I want to clarify an untruth so that we can start with the, the truth. Sometimes people come up with neat phrases that sound spiritual, that sound sincere, but are unspiritual and sincerely wrong. Right? Sometimes people come up with neat cliche phrases that sound sincere, they sound spiritual, but they're not spiritual and sincerely wrong. One of those phrases is this. Don't be a fruit inspector, be a root inspector. Now, some of you may have quoted that, some of you may have said that, and it sounds sincere, but it's sincerely wrong, okay? Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, twice as we just read, everything you know about the tree, you'll know about the tree by its fruit. And the earth has now said, come and be a root inspector. Now, Jesus always uses physical things to portray a spiritual concept, right? Or a spiritual principle. I would go on to say it's not a spiritual concept or a principle. I would say Jesus used physical earthly things to create a spiritual reality of what it's really like. It's more than a principle and a concept, but it's really a reality. A lot of people have said, don't be a fruit inspector, be a root inspector. If I were to be a root inspector on this plant, you know what I would have to do? I would have to rip it out of where it's planted, shake all the dirt and stuff from the roots, and begin to inspect and pull apart all the roots, which would in turn do what to the plant? Kill it. But the world has gone around saying, oh, pastor, don't be a fruit inspector, be a root inspector. Okay, even an unsaved person with common sense knows that that phrase sounds ludicrous, right? But we as saved, born-again people want to sound spiritual, 
But in sound and spiritual, we are sincerely wrong sometimes. Because when you go back to what Jesus said, Jesus said, everything you need to know about the tree, Joel, you're going to find it by the fruit that it produces. Okay? It says, a good tree cannot uh, uh, pr uh, produce bad fruit, and a bad tree or diseased tree cannot pr uh, produce good fruit. Thus, you will know them by their fruit, not by their root. Because what you're producing shows where you're planted. Right? A lot of people who um, run into me in the public always say, Joel, I don't know what you're doing at your church, but everybody's always so excited. Well, they're planted in the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, there's excitement about what God is doing. Amen? So our church portrays excitement. Some of the fruit of what you produce is the excitement about what God is doing, and you bring it out to a lost and dying world. And that's great. And everybody says, there must be something going on because they see your fruit, not your root, but they know you're planted somewhere with roots because you're producing fruit. Come on now. So I want to clarify an untruth. You are not a root inspector. You are a fruit inspector, and everything that you know will be known by the fruit. But listen, you are not a fruit judgmental inspector. Right? A lot of people say, well, I'm going to know them by their fruit, and that gives me the opportunity to tell them exactly what they're doing wrong. No, it gives you the opportunity to pray. It gives you the opportunity to intercede. It gives you the opportunity to walk alongside. It gives you the opportunity to hug. It gives you the opportunity to love on somebody who may be struggling. It gives you the opportunity to do a lot of things. But the first thing we jump to sometimes is, I'm just going to tell them how I feel about their fruit. Right? Now, come on. We've all been there. You get home from work. I'm just going to go into work, and I'm going to tell them tomorrow. Right? Well, as you're judging their fruit, look at what you just produced about your fruit. Because as a church, as we move forward, I love miracles, I love signs, I love wonders, but Jesus says something amazing about them in the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number, chapter number 7. And it says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father. On that day, many will say to me, Did we not prophesy? in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name and then I will declare to them depart from them I never knew you you workers of lawlessness some versions say iniquity now don't get me wrong I believe as a believer miracle signs and wonders are supposed to follow you but it does not say miracles and signs and wonders are your fruit it says that's what should happen as your life takes place. It, it, it is evidence of where you're planted and some of the fruit you're producing because the Bible says this, faith worketh by the first fruit of the Spirit, which is love. So as the Bible says faith worketh by love, the fruit that I want to see TWBC produce, rather than miracle signs as wonders, is what the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know what the greatest miracle I believe of all is? If you can control yourself. <laughs> Come on now. And, and as you begin to control yourself, people will see that you're planted into something else, right? But with the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, you will begin to see Miracles, signs, and wonders follow the believers because they're operating like Christ did in great love. And because God loved and the Father loved and Jesus loved the blind man that was crying out, he said, stand up, take up your mat and walk, be healed. Right? So the fruit that I want you to start living out is the nine fruit of the Spirit. I do want you to operate in power. 
according to the fruit that you're producing in your life. And so at TWBC, we believe in miracles, signs, and wonders, but we don't believe in following them. We believe they should be manifesting in us because the fruit of the Spirit is so evident that we love one another and we're passionate about one another. We're patient with one another. We're kind to one another. We're gracious with one another. We're faithful to to, to lift one another up in prayer. Come on now. Thank you, Jesus. I want our church to be planted and established so we produce those fruit because there's no doubt in my mind when those fruit are evidence, everything else is going to fall into place. And we'll start having all the things that God mentions in the Bible. So what I want to talk to you about real quick is fruit where you are. Are we producing fruit or just vegetation? Fruit where you are. I believe if you're born again and in Christ Jesus, it doesn't matter what your gift is. It doesn't matter what your, what your calling is. It doesn't matter any of those things. You can start producing fruit exactly where you're at, right where you are if you are born again. Right? You don't even have to know a whole lot. But you can start producing fruit right where you're at. So I believe this. Every believer in the body of Christ right now from this day forward, you should start producing fruit right where you are. And we're going to develop your roots to where you're growing, but I want you to start producing fruit right where you are. No longer can we use the excuse, well, when I learn more or when I study more or when God shows me something else. No, God says I want you to use exactly who you are right where you're at to reach the people right in your own sphere of influence. And he begins to change your world and their world because you start producing fruit right where you are. Now, the purpose of fruit, this beautiful red apple here, some of you think the purpose of this fruit is for you to eat. Some of you think the purpose of this fruit is for decoration. Some of you think the purpose of this fruit is for to feed the hungry with. And if God can multiply the loaves and the fish, he can multiply the apples and we can feed everybody in this church an apple. Right? No, the purpose of any kind of fruit that bears seed is to duplicate what it came from. It is good to eat, don't get me wrong. And I learned from the Chick-fil-A lesson, I'm not going to take a bite of this, right? This is good to eat, but the purpose of it is to reproduce the apple tree. Not even to reproduce the apple, it's to reproduce the tree. The purpose of your life is for a lot of things, or or, or your life is great for a lot of things, but the purpose of your life is to duplicate the seed you came from, and that's Jesus Christ. So the purpose of your life is not to see how many miracles you can do, how many people you can get born again. Your purpose of your life is to duplicate the seed that you were born out of, and that is Jesus Christ once you've been born again. So when I look out across this uh, sanctuary full of amazing people, all as I see is potential of Jesus, I see the 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 potential of Jesus. Because the purpose of the seed is to reproduce what it came from. So in your life, I want to ask you the question, are you producing fruit or are you producing vegetation? Now listen to this. The purpose of the the fruit is to duplicate the tree. The purpose of the vegetation or the leaves is to absorb the essential things needed to the survival of the tree. So the purpose of this leaf here, it is for vegetation. It is to absorb sunlight. It is to absorb carbon dioxide. It is to absorb rain. It is to absorb all the essential elements that it needs to make this plant become all that it's supposed to become. So as I ask you the question, are you producing fruit 
or vegetation, you got to realize vegetation, leaves are a sign of healthy life, but leaves are consumers, fruit is producers. Okay? Leaves are consumers, fruit is producers. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Are you ready for the game show? Is coming to church where you absorb all these amazing things, fruit or vegetation? Because you ask a lot of believers, hey, what fruit do you produce that shows that you're a believer? Well, I go to church. Well, if you go to church and just come and absorb and worship, you're, you're producing vegetation that absorbs, that gives you the essential elements you need to become a fruit producer out in the world. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Heaven agrees. So here's my question. Are you producing fruit or are you producing vegetation? Coming to church, I would say, is vegetation. You inviting and bringing somebody to church and making sure they show up, that's fruit. So you coming to church all by yourself, you, your four, and no more with your beautiful, lovely, amazing family, that is great vegetation. And that shows that your family's healthy because you're showing up to the house of God. Because it says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. And it's showing that you're healthy and you're producing vegetation. But Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit, not their vegetation. So here's what I said. Start producing fruit right where you are. How many of you guys have a mouth? If you have a mouth open, to go, ah. All right, that means if you can do that, you can invite somebody to church next Sunday and produce fruit automatically right where you're at. Man, that should have broke out revival. You should have been so excited. I can do something for the kingdom of God. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this day. But y'all are like, oh, I got to invite somebody? You don't got to invite somebody. I'm giving you an example of vegetation versus producing fruit. If your excitement for what God is doing in your life here at TWBC is great, you're going to show that excitement out there. And when people say, why are you excited? Instead of just telling them all about it, say, come to church and experience it with me. You automatically produce fruit. You gave them an open invite to come to church with you. To experience, you didn't have to teach them, you didn't have to train them, you didn't have to worry about getting it wrong. Just make sure you tell them the new and correct times. Amen. <laughs> and watch what God can do. So in this, reading your Bible, is that vegetation or fruit? I would say reading your Bible is vegetation. Doing what the Bible says when you read it becomes fruit. When I wake up in the morning and I read my Bible every single day, I'm doing it not so I can, I can say that's my fruit production that I got up to do an act of discipline, of spiritual discipline. I read my Bible because it's my vegetation. I absorb, I get refreshed, I get filled up, I get the nutrients that I need to go out during the day and lay my hands on the sick and be the Bible and produce fruit. But a lot of Christians will say, well, I read my Bible. Well, that's vegetation. What are you going to do with what you read in the Bible? Well, I read that Jesus said that we should go and, and take care of those who are hungry. So who am I going to buy lunch today for? Become the fruit that you read about in the Bible. Listening to a podcast or listening to Christian music. Here's a really good one. I would say those are both vegetation. Here's a really good one. The blessing line at Starbucks. You know what I'm talking about? Where you're in the drive-thru and somebody paid for a drink. And then you got the free drink, but because you felt guilty, you paid for the next person's drink, right? And then they felt guilty, so they paid for the next person's drink, and then they paid for the next person's drink. Who really produced fruit, and who was just a product of vegetation? I would beg to say that the very first person who bought the next person's drink produced fruit. Everybody else just passed along a blessing. 
because it didn't cost you nothing. You were going to spend that money anyway. Well, pastor, I bought two drinks for the one beside me. Okay, get legalistic on me. All right, I understand. You produced some fruit. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so proud of you. But in that, I want, and I'm not saying this because I don't like you. I'm telling you this because I love you. I'm telling you this because I believe God wants you to produce so much fruit in the year 2018. And I believe it's so easy for you to produce fruit in 2018 because you're already planted. You're already here at the 9 a.m. service. I believe this group of people in here, it is so easy for y'all to start producing fruit. You just got to be activated and be told you can start it right here, right where you're at, right now. And you don't have to grow any more theologically, any more spiritually. Right now, you got the potential inside of you to change the world because you got Jesus. And so fruit right where you are. But how do we go from vegetation? I love what Jeff said when we were talking about the message. Pastor Jeff said, many believers are just in a vegetative state. You know, you ever look at somebody in a hospital in a vegetative state, they're laying there absorbing all the nutrients and stuff that they need to stay alive, but they're not really doing anything. And so how do you begin to produce fruit? Vegetation produces fruit through activation. Vegetation produces fruit through activation. What does that mean? Everything you absorb here today, whatever the Father told you today, go activate it and live it out outside the walls. It's that simple. It really is that simple. When you run into somebody who's struggling, don't tell them you'll pray for them. Stop and pray for them. It's that simple. When somebody asks you, why are you so excited? Say, come with me and I'll show you. It's that simple. You can start producing fruit right where you are. Now we want you to develop also roots where you're growing. Roots where you're growing. I believe God's got great potential in store for you to get you to where you're growing into. And at TWBC, listen to this. We care more about investing into you than we care about what TWBC can get from you. Okay, our whole heart as leadership, staff, elders, everything at TWBC is how much can we pour into and invest into the people of TWBC, get them to the place where we are... uh, fertilizing and and pouring into and giving them all that they need so they can grow and flourish. We care more about what we can invest into you than what we can get from you. Because we know if we can invest into you and we have the opportunity to invest into you, you're naturally going to start producing fruit because that's who you are. And so on that, that's our big heart's concern. But in that, we've got to be able to invest into you. And the crisis of many believers today is this. It's good gifts versus supreme values. Good gifts versus supreme values. What are the supreme values of your life? If I were to ask you what's the most important thing for your kids to know before they get out of high school, and many of you would say, I want them to make sure they're firm in their Christian faith, firm in their Christian walk. I want to make sure that they know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want them to know that they're children of God. That is a supreme value. Can I get an amen on that? That is a supreme value, and I pray that that would be the prayer. But if your supreme value is this, you got to make sure that your lifestyle matches how you're going to put that supreme value into their life. And a lot of times, good gifts mess up supreme values. We're struggling this with this in my own household. My kids are to the age where they're becoming very active in sports and very good at some sports. And we've already had the conversation with them on this. It's like, we know that you love soccer. Okay? Soccer is a good gift from God for you to enjoy. Until your good gift infringes upon your supreme value, then your good gift becomes a bad God. Right? Now, I'm not saying it's wrong that your kids play sports. Sports are a great gift that your kids need to be involved in. I truly believe it. Until it infringes on your family's supreme values. I'll give you this quick example. As I give you this example, I want you to see if this resonates in your own house. 
your kid on Wednesday morning, if he hasn't already started going back to school, will, go, wanna go, will have to go back to school on Wednesday morning. Am I correct? All the teachers said yes, <laughs> right? <laughs> How many of you know that your kids are not going to jump out of bed super excited to go to school? Correct? They're going to say, I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't feel like getting up. I don't want to do homework. I don't want to get into the car. I don't want to get dressed. I don't feel like brushing my hair. Okay, maybe that's just the T Meyer kids. I don't know. <laughs> but I get the I don't want to's. I don't want to's. But because you know education is a supreme value, what do you do? Get out of bed and get. Right? Okay. <laughs> Not such good fruit, but I'm working on it, right? Get out of bed and let's get, get started. It's a supreme value. Education is a supreme value. So it doesn't matter what they want or what they don't want. They're getting out of bed and they're going to school. Am I correct? Give me an amen. amen. But when it comes to church, I don't want to go to church. I don't feel like getting up. I'm not hungry. I don't want to be there this morning. It's okay. We can miss it today. It's okay. And there's been research done now that kids in college don't stray from their faith in college, they've actually never had faith instilled to them growing up. Because them going to school and getting an education is not optional, but parents have made church optional for their kids. And I'm not telling you this because I hate you, I'm telling you this because I love you. And I'm wanting you to see the spiritual battle for what it really is. The enemy is trying to bring all good things, or let all good things come into your life as long as it replaces supreme value. So to get planted in the house of the Lord, you must develop things of supreme value in your life. Here's three challenges for 2018 for you. Are you ready for them? Write them down. They're going to be on the board. Screenshot it. Take pictures of it real quick as we're about to close. The three keys to being rooted are this. Attending. I love a workout that I used to do, and it was kind of DVD-driven. It was called Insanity, and it was definitely Insanity, right? But the guy who was instructing said, I know you don't feel like it, but just show up. Just show up. Just show up, and I promise you're going to get results. Just show up. Just make the decision to put it in and show up. Because if you put it in and just show up, you're going to start doing something that you wouldn't have normally done. Just show up, attending. Average church attendance in North America today, if you're an active Christian, your average church attendance is 1.8 Sunday mornings a month. You can show up just a little bit under half the services on Sunday morning a month and be considered an active believer. I believe we need to change that at TWBC. Amen. I'm challenging you three Sunday mornings a month. If you want to get planted, let's get planted. You want to flourish, let's flourish. Let's get planted. Let's be serious about supreme values over good gifts. Let's do this. And it's great now that no sports are going on. Amen? But there's going to be a challenge coming forward when... You have to decide, are we planted or are we potted? Are we planted or are we potted? Number two is this, investing. Investing, uh, listen, inviting means invested. If you won't invite somebody, it's because there's one of two reasons. It's a fruit issue you're not producing or a root issue you're not planted. I want you to start inviting people to TWBC with you. Every chance you get, Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, base groups, just start inviting people. Because you'll have a crisis of belief when you step out there to start inviting, they're going to say, well, what do you believe? And if you don't know, ask yourself, am I really planted if I don't even know what my church believes? 
We got a welcome home party in two weeks. Join it. Figure out how to get planted. Figure out what we know, what we believe, where we're at at TWBC. Or it's a fruit issue. I want you to begin to bear fruit. And if you'll start making a cognizant effort, a conscious effort to just say, I'm inviting one person. I'm inviting one person. I'm inviting one person this week. You're going to have to go through a lot of things on the internally saying, you know, if I invite them, I actually got to show up. <laughs> right? Come on now, that's a good one. I've had people stand at the back door, hey, I'm waiting for so-and-so. Great, that's awesome. And the person who invited him never shows up. Hey, come to my party that I'm not going to be at. <laughs> I believe in it enough to tell you, but not enough to be there with you. Three keys to being rooted. Some of you may be thinking that sounds kind of pharisaical, legalistic. I'm just telling you to challenge yourself. Figure out why you're here and what you really believe about TWBC. Come get planted here with us. So your attendance, you're inviting, also you're investing. Investing really covers all three. Your investing is this. Invest your time and you're attending. Invest your talent in your fruit and you're inviting. But I also want you to invest your, your time as you invest in, I'm sorry, as you invest in your time and your talent, I want you to invest in the kingdom. Would you do what God says and will you tithe? I don't hardly ever preach tithing messages. Hardly at all. Because so many people are put off by the money thing. But here's what I realized. It's not that they're put off by the money thing. It's they're put off because they don't really want to get planted. And if you want to be here and be potted, hey, come and enjoy Get filled up. Get everything that you need. But if you're serious about getting planted, I want you to start making a decision to tithe. Why would I even say something like that? Here's why. Number one, because I'll never know if you tithe or if you don't know. I never count a check. I never look at a dollar. I never look at a penny. I never know how much comes in on a Sunday morning. I, I make a decision to separate myself from that so it doesn't uh, influence the way I preach or the way I teach. Okay? And... and and I say amen to part of that, but some of it means Joel's got a lot of growing to do if I let money separate how I preach and how I teach. I got a long ways to go. I got a long ways to grow. Amen? But on that, I want you to begin to give to the kingdom of God in your tithe. A tithe is, uh, I'll say it like this. In the Old Testament tithing, it was 10%. In the New Testament, tithe is the minimum you should give 10%. I'm just saying. And I'm just going to put it out there plainly to you, and if, if your budget's not in the place now to do it, just start somewhere. But get planted. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning as we close. As the ministers come this morning, I want you to begin to pray. All right, everybody look at me right now. Here's your takeaway. Two quick questions. Here's your takeaway. What fruit can you begin to produce right now? What's one thing you can do for the kingdom of God right now? Maybe it's a smile for somebody. Maybe it's a hug for somebody. Maybe it's just saying, God, I'm open to whoever you'd bring across my path today. What fruit can you start producing right now? Your other is this. What roots do you need to develop to get to where you want to grow into? What fruit can you do right now? What roots do you need to develop? Some of you this morning need to make Jesus Christ truly Lord and Savior of your life. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that's the first thing to do to start putting down roots and get established. I want